0: Hey, this is Mike Missanelli, and you're listening to the Feed the Embiid, the number one Sixers podcast in America.
1: Yeah, 2-1 on his
0: jersey, playing like he's number one.
1: yeah, homie, let the fans know it. Watch the trailer, all the three is going in your eye. If you mess, you better get back, cause if the bees there won't
0: be a putback. Keep all that trash out of the paint, cause I'm beat will put it back in your face. He's a cold blooded killer, and he take no prisoners. Yeah, dump off from TJ. Call it the feed to Embiid. What's going on, everybody? This is the feed to Embiid. I'm your host, Austin Krell, along with my. My buddy, he's a little bit depressed right now, but my buddy uh, Chris Dibler, dives. Tell the people how you feel.
1: Feeling pretty shitty, man. Feeling shitty. <laughs> it's
0: it's it's not a fun feeling, but I'm still I'm still celebrating Bryce Harper. So it's it's it is what it is. Um, Good for you. Yeah, no, I mean I, I, I tend to have a very short memory when it comes to uh, when it comes to victories and losses. I, I, one you know one comes in one day, got the when out the next day. But, you know, it's...
1: No, the Sixers Sixers late game, you know, lack of execution shows its ugly head. One more time. Surprise, surprise.
0: Yeah, I I mean, my thing is this. They, They always have games against teams that are bad. Without Embiid, where, where you're like, oh, they should win this and they lose. Like, it happens. And they've been, they've been, they've been able to hold it together without since, uh, Embiid since the All-Star break. And he's been out longer than any, any of us thought he would be. And so, you know, we're, I think without our best player, we're kind of lucky to have been, I guess, this successful, if that makes sense. And so, you know, while it's a disappointing loss, while they're up 10 in the last couple of minutes, I kind of view it as – a, a, an okay to a, to a, like, almost like a good loss because now it's like you, you, eventually you – you because I'm, I'm assuming that Embiid's really healthy and they're, they're trying to rest them. That will be my assumption at this point. And I think – I, I, my, my, my my mentality was that eventually you're, you're going to lose a game they shouldn't lose and that's going to scare them and they're bringing Embiid back. And then he will be back, they'll dominate, and, that, and that'll be that. And, um, you know, I think that loss might have been tonight. I think he'll play against Houston. I think you will play Sunday against Indiana. They'll, they'll win both those games, or they should at least. And that'll sort of restore that, that calmness. But, you know, it, it's just annoying when they lose these games in the last five minutes because it isn't like this is Golden State. This is the Bulls who have 15 wins. And every time they lose one of these games, I got, I got to face text messages and tweets everybody about Brett Brown, Brett Brown, Brett Brown. Yes, it is. It it is his part of it is his fault, that they lost tonight. Of course it is. He can't, He can't go without blame, but at the same time, he's only the coach when they lose and he's never the coach when they win.
1: Yeah. Listen, like we've been pretty much team Mike Scott over the past few days. Um, he's looked great. Um, but that you, you can't, there's no excuse for, for what, for that terrible defensive rotation there at the, at the on the inbound play with Zach Levine. But let's get honest here. Um, they didn't have a single field goal with three minutes and 30 seconds remaining. There were several steals there by the Sixers. And that play when Ben Simmons stole the ball and just fumbled it out of bounds on the fast break, that, that just can't happen. You know, Ben is t- too good for, for something like that. And yeah, you I don't know what to think, man. I'm just kinda like flustered right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I think I think the Philadelphians were kind of overreacting a little bit, if I'm if I'm being frank. Like you should have never lost the game. Elite teams wouldn't lose this game. But also they're games that elite teams lose because they don't have their best player on the court against any team. It doesn't it it doesn't it doesn't matter. And I think that we're vastly, as a fan base, overlooking the fact that you didn't have your your, your most dominant weapon, and I think it, I think this is the game where it finally caught up with you. And I think that that they were sort of running on borrowed time without having him, and this might this this was the wake up call. And you know, people are going to blame Brett. They're going to blame Brett because that because that defensive breakdown, that's not on Brett that's on the players. They should they need to, they need to know better. They need to be able to um you know, communicate over screens and and understand what this what what the situation um might have been. And so, like 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 Brett Brown just said, in a situation where we switch, Mike didn't switch. That's not on Brett Brown. He he can't control what the guys do on the court. It's up to them to execute it.
1: Absolutely. No no doubt about that. Um there's I don't really have much to say. I mean other than I get you some Xanax? other than like some you know, some fun conversation, but is there anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> uh, I I hate, just,
0: no, just a five and a half minute mini
1: episode. <laughs> this is another game I mean, where the Sixers were pretty much cruising for, you know, three and a half quarters and then they just they just hit the wall. And, like, they always do. They just – everything just stops, stops working on offense and defense. And just one bonehead play. Like, how many times did you see Jonah Bolden get abused by Zach Levine tonight? Um,
0: Zach Levine abuses everybody. And keep in mind, he is a guard. And what, what, what has been happening in the Sixers this year with guards? They've been getting crushed. Kemba got 60 on them. Um, you know, Kyrie, Kyrie got 40 on Christmas guards kill the Sixers and tonight it rings ugly head again but it's the same story all year long there's nothing new about that I don't understand why people are freaking out you don't have your best player who's your big man and he and he's the anchor for the defense and he's the room protector and he's the most dominant player on the floor at all times I I, I don't understand I don't understand why everyone all of a sudden nothing this loss particularly goes oh well you know they have there's huge potential for them to, for them to come up short in the playoffs I don't understand that. Why this is the game where everyone like starts freaking out? I mean, let's be let's be rational here. It's 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 one game. It's one single game. They'll they'll win another one very soon, and we'll forget about this one. That's how it always goes. But nothing was any different. They all you know they, they 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 failed to close in the final five minutes of games. Why is this the game that everyone's freaking Cause out? Because look
1: at? at that freaking roster, man. Zach Levine, Robin Lopez, Otto Porter. Laurie, Chris Dunn, come on. Like, at what point do you start holding the team accountable and the players accountable for, for coming through? A, a loss to this level of opponent is inexcusable for the Sixers, man. There's, there's no – I don't
0: – Okay, so so let me put it to you this way. When you're playing pickup in a gym, right, you're, everything's going along well and then out of nowhere suddenly your legs get tight, right, and you get a little tired. And then you, and then suddenly it's like I don't want to play anymore. And I'm like, and I, and you know I'm get like you know I'm get getting uh, cramped up or whatever. And, and and I'm running out of breath and I and I can't push the ball anymore. Maybe they just hit that wall with five minutes left. Maybe they just got tired. They went from or went from Philly in a tough game against Orlando, who's not an awful team anymore, to Chicago, and then they had to play the Bulls tonight. I mean, you know, the Bulls, while oh, they suck. while well, they're not that good. They're going to give you their best shot every night because they're they're a tanking team and they're a young team, and that's what young teams do. And I don't... I Look, it's, it, every loss is disappointing. I just don't think that this game is the end of the world. I think this is the game that effectively brings MB back, and that's
1: what you need. Joel, if you're listening to this podcast, call us.
0: I know he listens. He, to,
1: he told me he listens. Call me maybe. We need you.
0: <laughs> what did you... Um, what did you think of that final final play when um when when Scott when, when Scott and Butler did not switch and then LeVine got right to the basket I I thought that was a fairly simple
1: like Right like you, learned of, that, like, you learned that you learned that in Kiwi basketball like that's not something that that was not on Jimmy Butler first of all that was Mike Scott just you know call it lack of chemistry no, 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 but- it's on,
0: it's on, it's on, it's on both of them it's on both of them cuz as cuz Butler has to say before they even come up before they play again. He's to come over and say, Hey, you know that if he goes that if that, that if it's a dribble handoff back to Levine, we're gonna switch, right? You got you have you have to communicate that. It's on it's not on one of them, it's on both of them. And Butler thought Mike Scott knew it, Mike didn't know it, and it burned them. That's what happened. Now I didn't think that was a foul that that, that, that um that Levine got. I don't think it should have been a foul, it should have just been a layup and the sisters go down. But I didn't think you know, it, it is what it is. I don't like the way that game was playing out in the last three minutes when the, all the momentum shift, shifted. You were up 10 and then suddenly it shifted back. But that's like a prototypical Sixers loss. That's what happens when you're a young team. And I'm not making excuses. It's just like I'm just sort of numb to it by now. They, they, these are the games that they always lose. They always lose the close one that they shouldn't lose. But at this point in the season, what are you going to do? Are you going to bitch about it? Are you going to whine about it? Or you should accept it for what it is and then hope that they can find a way to to manage it come playoff time.
1: I mean, I, it's an extremely frustrating loss. The the only positive I got is uh, James Ennis looked somewhat decent tonight. Um, I was very impressed by James Ennis. Um, he had a pulse. I know, agree. He had that a pulse. Could be something to look for moving forward. Um, but yeah, man, I'm depressed. That I'm not like you. <laughs> like that's there's no reason for a team that has Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Tobias Harris to, to lose to this level of team. There's, there is none. Not not right now. Not in a playoff push. Not when all these games matter. They Seeding matters. Um, that game was in their hands. The Bulls kept giving them the game. Um, they The Bulls had, I don't know how many turnovers with three minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And the Sixers continued to fuck it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm just used to it by now. I mean, think about how far they've come in the last couple of years. They went from winning 10 games to 50 to 28 to 52 to, to now where they are. They're they're 17 games above 500 fighting for the 3 seed in the East. Part of me thinks like I should be happy with the progress they've made in such a short time. Because quite frankly, that this this should have been the year that like last year shouldn't have happened. Last year should have been you get the five hundred. This year should have been the year that they took off, right? And next year would next year should have been this year, where you cash in those assets for 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 stars or whatever. Or, you know whatever happens happens. But part of me thinks that they're just not at that level yet where they're ready for executing perfectly every single close game. Like that happens when you're when your core is all. 20, 25, 26, 27. And I don't know that we're ever going to get to that point because Butler's 29, Harris is 26, Embiid's 24, Ben 22. So I don't know that I don't know that it's ever going to click together all at once. But that's what happens when you have a point guard who can't shoot. That's what happens when you're missing your best player. That's what happens when you're trying to figure out roles. Is that you sometimes you lose those games you can't lose. And at the same time, Boston's been doing that all year long. Boston's been, Boston lost to Orlando a couple times. Boston's lost to Sacramento. They've lost to the Clippers twice. Um, I just... I For some reason, I'm not upset about this game. It, it, it happens. It Sometimes it just happens. And I think that... I think that a lot of good is going to end up coming from this game. Because... Um, because... I think the good's gonna come from this is that it's gonna be it's gonna be like a reality check, Uh, uh, you know, the kind of thing where you are humbled by it, where you realize you're not you're not invincible to it, and now you're now it's gonna pressure them to bring back Embiid, which they should because he's fine, and they're gonna come out and you're gonna win games now that you know you need to win, and I kept thinking that eventually they're gonna lose a game that they shouldn't lose, and it's gonna Prompt him to bring MB back finally. And now it's time to do that, I think.
1: It has to be. Has to be. D- on, on, like, what's the solution? Is the solution to give Jimmy the ball more? Yeah.
0: Like, I think you run on that point card. I think you got to. I think you have to really put the ball entirely in his hand and let him be the decision maker down the stretch of these close games. You have to let him be the point guard with the last in the last five minutes. You can slide
1: I'm, I think even more than that, dude, I think what about even beyond that? I think there needs to be a discussion. Um is is giving Jimmy Butler the ball in the last five minutes enough?
0: Well I I am saying like, you know, you have to you have to read the situation. If it's a playoff game against a really good team and it's and it's a and it's a back and forth fourth quarter battle, you give him the ball with with nine minutes left or at the beginning of the fourth quarter. But if it's a team like this where you're holding the lead and it's getting close, then you say, all right, we, we'll let we'll it down to five minutes, and then we put it in, in our closer's hands and let him take over the game. And I you know, I, I think you have to measure that and make that decision game by game and assess that. See, like I said last night, Jimmy waits for the majority of, of, of the first half, assesses the game, where it's going, and then he makes a decision on how it to come out in the second half. And tonight he had a little bit of a vendetta, I thought, with with Chicago. He wanted to come out and play for his for his first team, and uh, you know he, he played he played really well. But it's the defense It all comes back to the defense, and they needed defensive stops, they didn't get them, and then they needed to come back and score with Butler as the ball handler, and they didn't make shots. And Reddick continued to miss. Shot. He missed he missed one. He missed a three tonight that to would have put them up by like uh, what six with like two minutes left. Like it seems like every game that we blame Brett Brown for the loss. Redick misses at least one shot that would have put that, that, that would have changed the, the tone of the game.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And it, it's, you know, I always ask this question of myself. I always ask how much would one shot difference have changed your perspective on this game? So what, that, what I mean by that is let's say Redick makes that shot and they win the game by two points. Are we saying, Oh, good teams close out games that they got to win. Or are we saying, fuck, it never should have been that close. They suck. You know, this is a huge problem, yada, yada, yada. We probably would have said, good teams close out games down the stretch. That's what we would have said. But that one-shot difference literally changes our opinion. And because of that, we lose by a point instead of winning by two. And so, as a result, we're blowing this out of proportion, I think. I'm I'm just so tired of the whole fire Brett Brown thing. To be honest, I'm being really honest. I have good intel that says that he's not going to get fired no matter what happens this year.
1: Well, that should be the case, though. He should. I mean, it, look how many lineups he's juggled this year. I mean, legit, real different lineups. The team has 41 wins. Yeah, you're right. I mean, in the, in the big picture, this loss probably doesn't really mean that much. But, you know, you, you've got to have high expectations you know, for a team that has Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and JJ Reddick and Tobias Harris, regardless if Joel Embiid plays or not, you gotta win this game.
0: Yeah. You and you had to win this game, but you didn't. And so what's the point of bitching about it as 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 all of Philadelphia is doing? And instead you can think about what you have to do and what this means going forward. Because, you know, I I've thought long and hard about my perspective on losses, and here's where I am. What does what getting mad about a loss do? It doesn't change the outcome of the game. It doesn't give you extra points. It makes it you know it, you said you said they're mad at mad at the team or whatever. Well, the game's over. It Doesn't matter how you feel about it. You gotta you you know you gotta pick yourself up. You gotta look for look you gotta think about it. You gotta move forward with it because that's how the NBA. That's how, that's how the game is. That's, that's how that's how it goes. If you bank on losses and and, and, you, and you let them marinate too long, you're not gonna prepare for the next game. Then that that game's, gonna, that game's gonna be a loss too. And I, I, I just I, they they lose two or three in a row. Then I'm pissed. Then I'm nervous. But I'm just not. I'm you know the, you have hiccup once in a while, and and there's never gonna be a good time to have a hiccup.
1: Right on. <laughs> I mean, it it just it doesn't it doesn't come down to who they played or like who they lost to. It's it's all about the Sixers. The Sixers had every chance to win this game. And every time you see the Sixers um, fail, you know, embarrassingly like they did tonight with their lack of execution. I mean, you just have those nightmares of the Boston series and every single game pretty much against Boston and Toronto the past two years. It's just, you know, when are they going to, when are they going to figure it out? And that's, I think that's more of the frustration than the actual loss. It's just, you, you get nervous, right? Like, when are they going to stop the pick and roll? When are they going to stop? um, When are they going to be able to defend, you know, point guards or an athletic guard in the backcourt? You know, I think
0: that comes all the time. Go ahead. ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I mean, that's, that's everything um, we've been talking about. I feel like over and over and over again for a long time and it just continues to happen.
0: So I think the question becomes, is it the coach or is it the players?
1: That's a really good question.
0: I, before I want to, because, you know, I am never going to just lay it on rep around unless it's like blatantly, like if the it ever gets as bad as the Boston series was last year, then I'm going to be like, okay, shit. Well, now this is an issue. But, you know, he's, he's, they've only lost 24 games a year. They've played eight games in a row without Embiid, and they've been pretty damn good without him. Um, and on any given night in the NBA, any team can win. And when you're when you're a fan base like we are, when you're a team like we are, you want to win every single game. And if you don't, you're going to react poorly to it. That's just how we are. That's how I've always been. But my point is I don't think – I mean, Brown's a, a, is 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 a – good use of our time because given all the turnover the rosters had this year and the progress that they've made. I mean, with even having made two huge trades and changing up this roster twice from what it originally was, there's still 41 and 24, right?
1: And so – Right. I mean, look at – have the Sixers really played together No. Yet? They haven't. There's no
0: chemistry. There is such little chemistry, and they get to incorporate or really learn how to play off their best player. And people are saying, I don't know if there's enough time to do it. I think this is a huge upset potential. You cannot honestly tell me, and not just you, anybody, that this team with Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and JJ Redick, you cannot possibly tell me that this team is a high chance of losing four games out of seven in a series. I, I, I do not think there's a high chance of them losing four games out of seven in any way. All right, man. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't think it's plausible. They have too much talent. And if they do, I'm not looking at Brett Brown. I'm looking at the product
1: they have on the bench. Too, uh, too much talent, too little chemistry is what I'm seeing. But why is that Brett Brown's fault? It's not. I mean, but it's just the reality of the situation.
0: So this is who I, this is the order of people I would blame and shout out Joe Giglio and Spike Eskin because this was a good topic conversation they had tonight on um, on the Ricky Sanchez radio. I would put Elton Brand, Brian Colangelo, Markel Fultz, and. I think I put those three in front of Brett Brown, and for for, for people who I blame, because if it weren't for Brian Colangelo, you would have had a much better bench coming into the season, because you would have had an actual GM at the at the helm. Or if this had happened earlier, you would have had Elton Brand in office. Probably, nah, that's nah, a little too far. But if, you, if 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 you had Elton, you know, Elton Brand was the one who made two huge roster changes, which was great trades. I get it, but. That's going to cause some 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 uh, some backpedaling a little bit because you're going to lose some games because you don't have good chemistry yet. I blame Markel Fultz for not panning out and not being able to separate from his mother because if there were if if he were able to, to get the help that he needs and you were mad about it, he might be a different story. And we don't have to make those big trade those huge those huge trades to, to to mix up the roster because maybe he pans out better. So I blame every one of those people before I blame Rip Brown. I also blame the the, the and I'm not, I'm not even joking. I blame the person who put sesame in Zaire
1: Smith's bagel because if we have him, the bench is a lot different than what it is now. I mean, you put you put Zaire on Zach Levine, and all of a sudden Jimmy Butler's not exhausted on the defensive end, and right that changes everything. There's a ripple effect everywhere with that.
0: Right, and so. I think whether people like it or not, Brett Brown's going to have a chance unless they get swept in the first round, which I do not think they're going to get swept in the first round. I think that would be that would I mean it would have, it would be hilarious with that if they got swept in the first round. But I think it's the only way Brett Brown loses his job. I think other than that, he he's he's staying because he hasn't had a chance to really foster and grow this team together yet. And when they do, and they're firing all cylinders together at all times. They're going to be unbeatable. But I think tonight was a product of back-to-back. other team has a really good guard who it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a hell of a scorer, and you struggle to get guards all season long. And this is about not having your best player. And when you got tired down the stretch of that game, they turned their jets up because they're a young team, and young teams like to run. That's all that is.
1: I hope you're listening, Joel. We need you, buddy. <laughs> we need you, dude. All right, Where dudes. are you?
0: Dives, 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 dives. Any clo- any closing words? Um, no, I, I'm. I'm gonna give you the floor for 30 seconds. Just rant and drop as many words as you want. Just, 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 just let it go. Let it rip.
1: Well, I just, I just have one thing. Uh, yeah. We all know you're a huge Nova fan. Okay, Austin. <laughs> oh, there you go. I have a gun pointed at your head. You got to pick one: TJ McConnell or Ryan Archie Diacono. I thought Who about this. Got, all the people. I thought, about, I thought
0: about this, Archie Diacono every
1: time. What?
0: At least he can shoot the ball from long range.
1: <laughs> like, right.
0: Think about how much different this team like – the bench would honestly be way, way better if TJ had a three-point shot.
1: It would be. You hear that Sixers Twitter? Austin Krell hates TJ McConnell.
0: No. I love TJ McConnell. I love him to death. He can't shoot the ball from distance. I'm sorry it's the way it is. It's it's, it's true. You can't. And, and, it, and it hurts their offense. It does. We've seen it before. We'll, we'll see it again.
1: Friendship over. Oh my
0: god, Dive. <laughs> let it rip. Let it, just let, let go on a tangent for like thirty seconds. Get and cleanse yourself. Purge.
1: No, I'm good, man. I just want to go to bed and get it over with. <laughs> I just want to wake up, and you know, probably I probably won't be listening to any kind of sports radio tomorrow. <laughs> oh, this is the awful. kind of loss where um out of sight out of mind for at least 36 hours. It's going to be it's going to be a hell of a uh, of, of a show tomorrow and uh, oh my god the the Fire Brett brown crowd is is going to be in full force.
0: WIP and 975 are going to be fielding calls all day long about Firebread Brown.
1: Yeah, I I can't tolerate that. There was yeah. a caller on 975 today that Sorry. was like replace Brett Brown with Greg Popovich and what do you think happens? And Mike Miss is like, um, they would have more wins. And this caller was using that as evidence that they need a new coach over Britt Brown. Like, I can't handle that level of idiocracy. <laughs> like, it just drives me absolutely crazy. Um, so, it's it's going to be unbearable tomorrow. Um, I'm upset. and. Um and you could probably tell. I'm-
0: yeah, you seem very inconsolable. I think you should get some antidepressants and, and, and take have a beer and relax for a little bit before you go to bed. Um speaking of beer, Dad, do you really shotgunning beer? Hell yeah, man. Do you want to increase your shotgun and diet parties? Hell yeah, man. You should check out my friends at the King Cobra. King Cobra is a shotgunning to them. It's the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. There's also a tab polar, red puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information at the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra co, K. For 10% discount on all products. And do the code for the Cobra 10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. Did you know that we also had a, uh, a, co- a copyright clause too in, in this podcast?
1: Uh, tsk, sorry, I was I was uh, shotgunning my beer here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the future will be in this name protected by U.S. copyright law of direct distribution
0: without my permission is prohibited. Copyright the V2 will be 2019.
1: Sixers lose tonight one. Um, what was the score? One to who fucking cares? Moving on.
0: <laughs> 108 to 107. The Sixers lose to Chicago. They'll be in Houston on Friday playing, uh, playing the, the, the Rockets. Harden's going to get 64 and the Sixers will still win by 14. Um, and then they play Indiana and Philly on Sunday. And I cannot wait to crush the Pacers because they got some Pacers fans who I uh, I work with, and they are just the, not very smart when it comes to the Pacers. So, you know, I, I can't wait to wipe the floor with them and, you know, win that season series 3-1 and put any doubt they had out of their minds. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll be back with more on Friday. Deebs, trust the process.
1: Trust it. And who do we who do we love? Joelle Embiid. Who do we hate? Uh, who do we <laughs> uh, Brett Brown haters. Exactly. Exactly. Happy night, everybody.